Hi, and welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast, episode nine. Today, we're talking postpartum misconceptions, truths, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and listen up. So first up, I want to talk about breastfeeding myths and misconceptions and truths and everything, because breastfeeding is a very complicated topic, um, and there are certain aspects of breastfeeding that people don't really talk about much. There are aspects that people talk about all the time, such as the debate over whether breastfeeding in public is acceptable or not. Personally, I think it is more than acceptable um, because you have to feed your child. And if you breastfeed, the child has to eat. But that is a conversation for another day. Today, I'm specifically talking about five myths that I've either heard or I've believed previously. Um, And I want to sort of debunk them a little bit and really break down the truth. So Number one, and the one that I think is the most common misconception, is that breastfeeding will come naturally. I, this one I have personal experience with, so I can give you my personal experience and explain why this myth is, well, a myth. Uh, First off, Yes, for some women, breastfeeding will come naturally, and that is wonderful, and that's just so fantastic, but not every woman has this experience. Like I said, I have firsthand experience with breastfeeding not coming naturally. Now, I had a complicated journey with breastfeeding, uh, but in my case, it did not come naturally. My babies, again, my babies were born early. They were eight weeks early. They lived in the NICU for the first 25 days of their lives, and So a lot of things didn't quite go right anyway. And with breastfeeding, babies are born with the the skill to suck. So they will naturally learn how to breastfeed. However, A, that's not the case with every baby. And when you have preemies like I had, they haven't gotten to that point in their development in the womb to learn that. So they don't come out immediately knowing how to to breastfeed. They come out knowing they need to eat, but in most cases, they have to have a tube in their nose and down their throat so that they can get food into their bellies. So breastfeeding doesn't always come naturally to not just mothers, (laughs) but also to the babies. So that is important to understand. Even if your babies are not preemies, breastfeeding doesn't always come naturally. It's not always easy. In fact, in most cases, it seems to not be easy. My advice, just as a side note, is to seek assistance from a lactation consultant, an internationally board-certified lactation consultant, IB, uh, what was that, internationally board, IBCLC, okay? Really important. They have extensive knowledge and training on how to help you learn how to breastfeed or how to help your baby learn how to breastfeed. So breastfeeding breastfeeding does not always come naturally. This is not something that everybody can instantly miraculously do. So if you gave birth and breastfeeding is a challenge and it is stressing you out, if 
you've chosen to breastfeed, keep in mind there is help out there. Breastfeeding is not the answer for everybody. Okay. That's another thing to keep in mind is that breastfeeding can be difficult. And sometimes there's the solution. Sometimes it's just not the right thing. Don't make yourself crazy. A lot of women get overly stressed out and depressed, and it just becomes a big thing because breastfeeding isn't working for them. And that does not mean that you have to keep up with it, okay? That is something so important that I feel very strongly about. I ended up breastfeeding but also formula feeding and pumping. I did a lot in those first few months. It was very difficult, but it's what I chose, what was right for me. I wanted to breastfeed. I had complications and I needed to fill in the gaps a little bit. So I formula fed primarily my children and it was great. And they are what 17 month old healthy babies now. Okay, next up, if you breastfeed, you'll lose the baby weight faster. Well, this couldn't be any further from the truth. For some women, yes. I'm going to use myself here as an example and I'm going to put it all out there. When I was pregnant with my babies, I believe I gained about 50 pounds, maybe a little bit more than that. Here I am 17 months postpartum and I've only lost less than 10 pounds of that. (laughs) Okay. It is not cut and dry like that. Not everyone is going to lose the baby weight quickly if they breastfeed. And not everyone who breastfeeds is going to hang on to that baby weight. And then the same thing goes for formula feeding. If you choose not to breastfeed and you formula feed, you might lose the weight quicker or you might hang on to the weight. This is a myth that breastfeeding will make you lose weight faster. Yes, it does happen for some women. There's a lot that goes into it. Genetics, predisposition to things, how you take care of your body, all of these factors. Not everyone has the same postpartum experience. I expected, oh, I'm breastfeeding. I'm going to lose all that weight and it's going to be great. When I get to a year, I'm going to be my post, not post, my pre-pregnancy body, which is something we'll talk about in a few minutes, but that's not what happened. So that is a myth. Okay, it's very, very um, different from person to person. Next up, all women produce enough milk for their babies. Well, this is false. I've already said this. I'm a prime example. I did not produce enough milk for my babies. It was complicated. We had no explanation for it. Sometimes there's an explanation, but not always. Sometimes you just don't produce enough milk. And that is not as rare as people think. I don't have the statistics on this, but if you do a little research, you'll often see it's very rare for a mom to not produce enough milk. Well, for those of us who had that experience, seeing that statement is hurtful because we're not that rare. There are a lot of us out there who just weren't able to produce enough milk. It doesn't always mean oh, in the beginning when you were establishing your milk supply, you weren't doing it enough. Yes, sometimes that can be the case and it can affect your milk supply. But there are factors. Sometimes there is a reason. Sometimes there are a hormonal reason or there are other factors that come into play. But I want to just make sure I emphasize that 
not all women will produce enough milk for their babies. So if you're pregnant and you're going to be giving birth, keep in mind, you might produce enough milk. You might not produce enough milk. You might not produce any milk. This is just something that is a fact. I didn't know this before I was born. I assumed I was either going to be able to breastfeed or I was going to struggle. I had no idea that there was a thing as not producing enough breast milk. Okay, next up on my list. Myth. Formula is toxic. This is a myth. Formula is not toxic. I often hear people say, formula is toxic for babies. Formula has this in it and this and this will harm babies. No, formula is amazing. Formula can save a baby if they are unable to breastfeed or if the mother is unable to breastfeed. Formula is a fantastic option. My children were formula and breastfed and formula was there for them. It is not toxic. It has, yes, you know, let, let's sort of break down for a minute and talk about the difference between breast milk and formula. These are two very different compositions. Breast milk has certain antibodies, all kinds of things in breast milk that formula just can't, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They can't, um, reproduce is not what I'm trying to say, but that formula can't replicate. That's what I'm trying to say here. That is a fact, right? Breast milk comes from a human body. It is producing milk specifically for a baby or two babies, like in my case, but formula is pre-made, right? Formula is not constantly changing. Like breast milk is constantly changing. What your baby needs, your breast milk is providing. While formula can't do that, it sure does pack a punch when it comes to vitamins and minerals and necessities that your baby needs. It has all of the important things that your baby needs in order to survive and grow and thrive. So the myth here is that formula is toxic. It is not toxic. It is an excellent choice. Doesn't really matter which company you choose. They all have different and excellent formulas. And I I'm a big fan. I think formula is wonderful. If it was not for formula, my babies wouldn't be able to eat. Yes, there's such wonderful things as breast milk banks and you can get breast milk for your babies if you can't breastfeed and you would rather formula feed. That's a wonderful option. I'm not knocking that option because that is fantastic, but it's not the right choice for everybody. So keep that in mind. Last on my breastfeeding myths list is, it. I mean, it's breastfeeding, but it sort of changes course a little bit. And it's that Breast pumps are essentially all the same. Well, this is a myth. There are so many breast pumps to choose from. So if you choose to pump or if you need to pump or whatever, there are so many options out there. There are so many different companies that make excellent breast pumps. There are some that I personally don't like, but there are so many out there. So I highly recommend if you're going to be pumping for your baby do your research, read up on all the different breast pumps out there. And it's it's tough to choose the right breast pump. If you have health insurance and your health insurance has specific pumps that they cover, do your research. Really look up the details about each pump and then compare them and figure out what you think might be best for you. For example, 
Are you going back to work? Do you need to be able to pump at work? Do you need a portable pump or do you need one that has is battery powered? Do you need a bag to carry your pump in? Does the pump come with the bag? Find out all these details. Do you need a breast pump that you can wear in your bra and you can be moving around and doing things? They make those. There are so many options. But again, what you want to do is if you have health insurance, check with your health insurance to find out what pumps are covered and then you can do your research from there. If you don't have health insurance and you're going to pay out of pocket, great. You can choose any pump you want. Then none of them are cheap, but they are all different levels of expensive. You know, some are, you know, $100, some are $250. It just all depends on the pump and your needs. So I just want to close out, you know, the breastfeeding topic by saying breast pumps are not all the same. They all have different features, different things that work best from person to person. All right, this next section here, I want to talk about mental health. It is so important to talk about mental health. People talk about mental health, but it's it's never enough, in my opinion. Mental health is something that affects all of us, and I just don't think that it's talked about enough. So I would like to start uh, by talking maybe about postpartum depression, because postpartum postpartum depression is very real. And uh, I really want to spend some time talking about this. So number one, postpartum depression is rare. This is a myth. Postpartum depression affects about one in 10 new mothers. That's a bigger number than you think. I mean, I realize that's not a ton, but one in 10, and if you think of how many people are in this world, it's a lot. Postpartum depression is not as rare as you think, and it absolutely can affect anyone. Any person can be affected by postpartum depression. Now, granted, there are factors that make you maybe a little more high risk, such as previous um experience with depression or family history of depression or depression during pregnancy. But even if none of those things affect you, you're still a human and you're still pregnant and you still have major hormonal changes and therefore postpartum depression can affect you. So that's really important to emphasize here that it is not as rare as people think, right? One in 10 new mothers, you might see other statistics where it's one in nine or one in, you know, 15, but one in 10 is kind of the average. Uh, Next up, postpartum depression is not a big deal. This is a myth. Postpartum depression is a very big deal. Depression itself is a big deal. A lot of people don't understand depression, And I understand that, you know, if you've never experienced depression or known someone who experienced depression, it's very hard to really wrap your mind around what it is. And so thinking, oh, it's not a big deal. She'll be fine. She'll get over it. You know, I often hear people say, you know, if if someone's depressed, oh, just exercise and you'll feel better. Well, that's if you're just feeling down. But if you're genuinely depressed, 
it's much more complicated than that. Postpartum depression is no different. It's very complicated and very, very real. So I want to take a minute here to just sort of talk about some things to keep an eye out for in terms of postpartum depression, whether you are experiencing it or whether someone you love is experiencing it. So after birth, it's very, very common to experience what they call baby blues. Baby blues in the first two weeks feels kind of like what you expect postpartum depression to feel like. It can be very dark. I experienced baby blues in my first few weeks were so emotional. I was seeing a mental health counselor at the time. And I said to her, I think I might be going through postpartum depression. And she said, well, you're only in your first few weeks postpartum. So let's talk about it. And it turned out that after those first few weeks, everything got better. And I didn't deal with postpartum depression. But in those first few weeks, I was an emotional wreck. I was crying all the time. I was so sad. I was so upset. I was so overwhelmed. And keep in mind, my babies were in the NICU, so they weren't home with me. And I had to go to the hospital with my husband every single day just to see my babies. That can really take a toll on you. But when it comes to postpartum depression, this is a lot more complicated than just feeling the sadness the normal sadness that you may feel after giving birth. So, for example, after those first few weeks, sadness or guilt completely consume your thoughts. It is all you think about. If you lose interest in things you normally enjoy or you can't make any decisions because you're so tired and you're so overwhelmed, you constantly worry that you're not going to be a good mom. And when I say this, I mean, we all worry about that. I I can't speak for other people, but generally speaking, it's a common worry. You're a new mom. You're freaked out. Oh my gosh, I'm a parent now. Uh, How do I handle this? But if it consumes you and you worry constantly, this is something to keep in mind. If you find that your sleep patterns have changed dramatically. This one you have to look at a little more closely because when you have a brand new baby, your sleep patterns are just going to change and you're not going to have normal sleep and you're going to feel exhausted and delirious because you're so tired. However, if you can't rest, let's say your baby is napping or sleeping and you can't quiet yourself, yourself meaning your brain and your mind down enough to rest, That's something to think, okay, maybe I need to talk to the doctor. If you have any type of thoughts about harming yourself or your baby, that's really, really important to talk to your doctor about. And none of these things are things to be ashamed of. That's really, I think, a major factor when it comes to women not seeking help for postpartum depression is the fear of judgment, the fear of what are they going to think if I tell them that I had this thought? And I understand that's it's scary. It's scary when you have those thoughts and you start thinking, oh my goodness, why am I having these thoughts? These are horrible thoughts. It is something to talk to your doctor about. It's normal to be afraid of those things, but getting help so that those thoughts can go away, that's important because they're not going to go away on their own. 
So postpartum depression is a very big deal. Um, Kind of veering off of this for a second, my next myth here is if you feel disconnected to your baby, then you definitely have postpartum depression. Well, that's not true. A lot of women feel that disconnect at some point. That doesn't mean that you're dealing with postpartum depression. Hormones are crazy. Think about it. In those first few weeks after giving birth, your body has just expelled a human or two or three or however many. And the hormones that were in there maintaining your pregnancy have now gone crazy. And then you're producing all these other hormones. And it's all, it's hormone mania, right? That can affect your emotions and your connection that you feel with your baby. You know, the the next myth sort of goes on, goes hand in hand with this one. The next myth is you will instantly fall in love with your baby. Not necessarily. And this, again, this doesn't mean that there's anything going on with your mental health. This is a very normal thing to experience. You've just given birth. Some women do feel that instant connection and love. Oh my goodness, I just had a baby and I love them. And other women are very different experience. I feel like, okay, I just had a baby. Why do I not feel anything for my baby? That's normal. This is not anything to worry about if you've just given birth and you're not feeling that connection or you're not instantly in love with your baby. It can take time. Don't judge yourself. Don't think that there's anything wrong. If this persists after a few weeks, then maybe talk to your doctor about it and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. They might be able to help steer you in the right direction or say, that's okay. It can take some time. So that's those are two really important things. The last thing I want to mention on this list is that you will immediately know if you have postpartum depression. That that's just not true. You can have an inkling that you might be dealing with postpartum depression, but you are probably not going to immediately know, oh, okay, it's postpartum depression. Because like I said, there are some factors that you can mix up with baby blues and postpartum depression. It's very easy to mix those two things up. So feeling however you're feeling, if you're concerned, if there's anything that makes you feel concerned, call your doctor. There's no harm in just calling your doctor and saying, this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. I don't know if it's normal. I'm a little concerned about it. Your doctor will either reassure you or say, hey, you know what? It sounds like you might be dealing with postpartum depression. Here's what we can do. And then there you go. Then you have your answer and you can move on from there. So remember, postpartum depression is very real. It is not as rare as you think, but you might not be dealing with it when you think you are, and you might be dealing with it when you think you aren't. So make sure you check in with your doctor if you have any symptoms that you find concerning or anything that I mentioned in this this, uh, segment here about symptoms that you may be experiencing with postpartum depression. In my last section here, I want to talk about postpartum body changes because, boy, do our bodies go through some crazy changes during and after pregnancy. So number one, immediately after giving birth, your baby belly will disappear. Well, 
that's a myth. There's <laughs> not much else I can say other than that's a total myth. You did push a baby out or if you had a C-section like I did, the doctor removed the baby. But guess what? You still have the uterus, which has expanded and it still has to shrink back to its normal size, right? It goes from its normal, very, very small size to the size of what? Like a watermelon? It It's a huge change. That takes time. So as soon as your baby is born, you're not miraculously going to have a flat belly. That's just that just doesn't happen. Most women will still look at least somewhat pregnant after giving birth. It takes time. You need to give yourself a few weeks, a few months even. I Hey, I'm 17 months postpartum and I still have a bit of a belly. I look like I'm early in a pregnancy. So it's important to remember immediately give, after giving birth, your belly is not going to suddenly be flat. You will still have a belly. That is normal and to be expected until your uterus shrinks back down to its normal size. Next up, once you lose the baby weight, your body will go back to, and I quote this, normal, unquote. Well, that's also not going to be accurate. Your body, if you're lucky, you might lose the baby weight pretty quickly, but your body is never really going to be the same as it was before pregnancy because a lot of things have changed in your body. So it's important to keep in mind that while you might, you know, lose some weight and get back to your body the way you're used to it, it's still going to be a little bit different. And you might not lose that weight. And that's not bad either. You know, like I said, I look I look in the mirror and I'm like, wow, I still look pregnant. <laughs> where did where did all this weight come from or why hasn't it disappeared yet? That is part of my body journey. It is just part of it. Your body will not be what it used to be, but think about life in general, right? You are a child, then you go through puberty and you have a completely different body than you once had and you get used to it. This is similar. It's a similar concept. You weren't pregnant, then you were, then you had a baby, and now your body is different than it once was. Uh, next up on my list, if your abs separate during pregnancy, which is known as diastasis recti, they'll go back to normal if you exercise regularly and do sit-ups. No, not exactly. So diastasis recti is when your abdominal muscles or where you see the six-pack, if, if you will, is when they separate, right? And they aren't really connected and right down the middle, everything bulges out. Diastasis recti is more common than you think. Uh, it's common in multiples. It's common in births of, um, I, I guess you'd say, not births of, in, you know, if you've had four or more babies or five or more babies, it's a lot more common because your, your connective tissue is stretched out at this point and it's tougher for it to tighten back up. So if your abs do separate during pregnancy, diastasis recti, it is not going to benefit you to do regular sit-ups. That can actually make it worse. So it's important to understand that regular exercise is good and discussing with your doctor what is safe for you and what you're comfortable with and not jumping back on the treadmill too soon or, you know, to lifting weights too soon 
if you discuss with your doctor what is safe to do and if you seek out the help from a specialist, a physical therapist or someone who specializes in diastasis recti, who can give you really good, safe exercises to help your stomach, I don't want to say flatten, but strengthen because the whole point is strengthening your core. Strengthening your core is going to help you with back pain. It's going to help your posture. You're going to be more comfortable, but it does involve using your abs a little bit differently. So if you did have your abs separate, if you're dealing with diastasis recti, super important to seek out help from a specialist. Um, on my website, I have some important information about people to go to for diastasis recti. So if you check out my website, www.thehormonalmama.com, there's some information listed under the postpartum tab um, on my menu. So check that out. Um, my last two kind of go hand in hand. Stretch marks will go away after birth and stretch marks will stay red forever. So let's start with the first one. Stretch marks will go away after birth. Now, as I mentioned in my last episode, not all women deal with stretch marks. Many do. And there's no real prevention to stretch marks. You can put cocoa butter on your stretch marks all you want. It's not going to prevent them. It will make them feel better. It'll make your skin feel smoother, but it's not going to prevent them. If you are predisposed to stretch marks, you're going to get stretch marks. It's unfortunate, but true. I'm a prime example. I've got stretch marks all over my belly. Um, so stretch marks will go away after birth. That is false. Stretch marks will not go away. They are there to stay. Going hand in hand with that, stretch marks will stay red forever. That is also not really true. Over time, they will they're not going to disappear, but the appearance will fade a little bit. So when my babies were first born, I had these very red stretch marks all over my belly. A lot of women call them tiger stripes. And now that I'm 17 months postpartum, my stretch marks are still there. I can still feel them. I can still see them, but they've changed color. They're lighter now. They're not as red. They're more, um, I don't want to say white, but they've definitely lightened. They've lightened in color, so they're not quite as noticeable, but they are still there. So while they're always going to be there because it's part of your body and be proud of whatever is going on with your body, they're just not going to be as noticeable forever. I thought they were going to be. I assumed I was going to have these red lines all over my stomach for the rest of my life, but they've faded a bit. They're still there, like I said, and I will always have them but they're not as noticeable. So I'm a big fan of accepting your body. That can be very hard. And I know that because I sometimes look in the mirror and I don't accept it. But I am a big proponent of accepting your body flaws and all. It took me a long time to accept my stretch marks, a really long time. But now I look at them in the mirror and I think they're pretty cool. They're not, you know, where I expected to have stretch marks because I honestly, I didn't know that anybody could have stretch marks on the front of their belly. <laughs> it's just something I didn't realize. But now when I look in them in the mirror, I'm like, yeah, they're kind of cool. It's almost like a, a really weird tattoo. I realize that's kind of strange, but that's how I like to look at it. Mm -hmm. 
So I hope that this episode was helpful um, in sort of debunking some of these postpartum myths. Uh, I know it can be a lot and there's a lot that people don't really understand about postpartum. So hopefully some of these things were helpful to you. I hope that you will stay tuned in my next episode where I'm going to talk a bit about skincare and how to best care for your skin if you're dealing with infertility. Um, And then the following week, we'll talk about skincare and pregnancy and then postpartum skincare. So I hope that you will stick with me and I hope you're learning a lot. Have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next Sunday.